Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Freaking first cut. Golly! Welcome to the First Cup Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your round three recap for this week's RBC Heritage. Joining me to break it all down, Greg Ducharme is here. Hey, Greg. What's going on, Rick? Quite a day. Hilton Head. A little different energy from this time last week. Um, but boy, we have quite a leaderboard here. Yeah, and I'll, I'll just spoil a little bit of it. I won't reveal how they got there, but Patrick Cantlay and Jordan Spieth are in the final group, and we were talking about the chances of getting the same playoff we got last year. Th- those two guys battled it out in a playoff for this event last year, and they're both in the final group again. Yeah, golf course that definitely sets up well for him. I mean, Cantlay has just an unbelievable record here. And Jordan's looks a whole lot better after winning last year, too. Um, so it, I, I'm really excited to see what they bring to the table being a part of that final group tomorrow. A little overnight rain got this golf course, Greg, in prime scoring shape for moving day. And Keegan Bradley showed us what was possible right out of the gate with a 64 that is seven under par. He moves up 55 spots or at least 40, excuse me, 44 spots on the leaderboard. And I know he doesn't have a win, Greg, since the Zozo, but like, he has played consistently awesome golf for the better part of six months. Yeah. He's really made some big improvements in his game. Um, and, you know, especially with his short game and putting, which has been again, really good this week. He's eighth in the field in strokes game putting for the week. Um, you mentioned the scoring conditions and Keegan's round. If you go through it, it wasn't really taking advantage. I mean, he hit the ball. Well, but he, he had a couple of hole outs from off the green, had a couple of unbelievable par saves with his short game. This was a, a, like a scrappy 64 in a lot of ways, uh, which is impressive for a Keegan Bradley. There are some Jordan Spieth shoots 64 this way. You know, maybe 64 is a little low, but he has regular rounds like this where it's unbelievable mm-hmm. short game. You don't see it a lot out of Keegan Bradley. And, and when you see him scramble and chipping and putting that way, it's really good stuff. Since his win at the Zozo, he had a T21 at the CJ Cup. That was the following week. He finished runner-up at Farmers. He finished T20 in Phoenix, T10 at Bay Hill, T23 at the Masters. And he is uh, not going to win this week, but he is in the mix yet again and playing well. So Keegan Bradley gave us the blueprint out of the gate. And it was followed by a couple of other golfers, Greg, specifically Patrick Rogers. His five under 66 moves him to eight under for the tournament. It was blemish-free. And we are are not going to get it this week, but Rogers is like knocking on the door of that breakthrough first victory on the PGA tour. We saw it uh, a couple of weeks ago at the Valero Texas open where he had a really good chance, but continues to play this good play and continues to put himself in decent position. Yeah. You know, the thing about Patrick Rogers to me and, and what he's done in these last couple of weeks, it really seems like he's starting to get something dialed in with his iron play. Um, and, and if you, if you look at his entire career, 
and, and what his best events were with strokes gain approach. He's he's never gained more than five and five point five nine, so basically five point five six strokes approaching the green. Um, but he, if, if you look at what he did today and what he's done so far this week, he's already at four point six. So if he goes out and plays level tomorrow, it's his fourth best tournament uh, in strokes gained approach the green. And at the Valero Texas Open a couple of weeks ago through two rounds, it, he he had gained seven strokes approaching the green. So there's really something going on with, with his ball striking and his iron play. Uh, he's hit at least 14 greens every round so far this um, this week, which on, on the second smallest greens on the PGA Tour is rather impressive. So that that's a really good sign for him because through his career, it's been a weakness. He's never been inside the top 100 in that category. And now we've seen, you know, a couple of really good weeks in a row with him approaching the green. One of the staples of our, of our Monday show of our Tuesday show of us trying to prognosticate golf tournaments, Greg is Cam Davis. And he has been very difficult to pin down over the last couple of months. He shot such a Cam Davis little round here. It was five under 66 where he left so many strokes out there. He made the turn in six under. He made the turn in 30. Bogey's 11, bogey's 12, bogey's 13. He gets a couple more birdies coming in, but a 66 that could have been a 62, a 63, pretty easily. Yeah, he hit a couple of tee shots right there on 11 and 12, um, and and three putted 13. Um, that tee shot got to the right side of the fairway, but that wasn't the problem on, on that hole. So he, he, he missed a couple, which put him in, you know, out of position on those holes. And that was disappointing, but there's, there are very few ways to shoot a disappointing 66, uh, but one over on your shooting one over on your second nine is definitely one of them, but yeah, really good stuff out of cam Davis, who seems to have a knack for these, you know, for, for a long hitter, he seems to have a knack for these shorter kind of golf courses. I mean, he came in tied third here last year. He clearly likes this place. The only other time he played in 2021, he came in tied 25th. Uh, and, and when you look at his resume, you see a, a tied sixth at the Players' Championship as well this year. Um, and, and many of the places where he's played really well have been kind of shorter golf courses. Um, you know, the the Barracuda Championship, the Charles Schwab Challenge we're getting into last year here. Um, so some of those events where distance isn't really important for a really long hitter, he he tends to play really well. And he's doing it again this week. While all that was going on, our reigning U.S. Open champion was making a move. Matt Fitzpatrick opened on Thursday with a 66. He followed it on Friday with a 70 and got his round off to a hot start thanks to holing out from 149 yards on number three to make eagle, and he did not waste that shot, Greg. It was an eight under 63, and... He is currently and will remain our 54-hole leader, one shot clear. You don't often see a guy springboard himself from 18th to first. I mean, he was in the clubhouse long before any of these other guys finished up. Yes, and, and you see what happens on this front nine. All, all the players that we've highlighted so far and most of the good rounds, you see really good scoring on the front nine. And the second nine gives you a little bit of a challenge. Um, and, and there are some, you know, it's maybe a little bit tighter, uh, perhaps some more difficult 
um, perhaps some more difficult shots into, you know, into the greens, especially if you're out of position off the tee. It's a little more demanding on, on that, uh, on, on the uh, second nine. So he takes advantage of the first nine and then plays a really steady, a really steady back nine, which was nice to, to knock one in there stiff at 13, uh, was great. A whole nice putt there and then, and take advantage of the only par five on that. I, I think it's a, it, it was a really good performance, but Rick, for me, the big thing with Matt Fitzpatrick is that this is a guy who earlier in the year was really struggling. Uh, and it was such a departure from what we saw last year out of Matt Fitzpatrick. And the reason why was just, it, it was a, a neck injury, right? He had a slight bulging disc in his neck and, and it seems to be feeling a little better. Um, he, he said that the players championship was the first time when he could actually swing and not feel it uh, and, and actually make, you know, a full swing and, and feel normal. And it took him a little while to kind of start playing well, despite feeling better. Uh, but we saw him play really well at the, at the masters last week with the tied 10 finish there. And, uh, and, and now here he is, you know, leading the way, leading a couple of heavy hitters right behind him at the RBC heritage. 63 is a career low from Matt Fitzpatrick. He sits in the lead through 54 holes. He posts, and now everybody else goes out and tries to track him down. One of those golfers who tried to track him down was Ricky Fowler, who has been very consistent this week. 67, 68, 68 for Ricky. Uh, probably too far back unless something crazy happens, Greg, but this is a continued stretch of golf where he i mean he's he's back right i mean right this is this is really good stuff we're seeing out of ricky for a long time now yes it's really really good uh and there are some good signs for a, a lot of reasons his scores have been really consistent um not not just looking at his game statistically i mean his iron play has improved tremendously his putting has improved tremendously but we're not seeing mis big mistakes out of ricky He's not making big numbers. He's not shooting 75s. Uh, his scores are between 72 and 68 for the most part. I mean, maybe you have a couple of 73s at the Arnold Palmer Invitational on a really difficult golf course. He shot 175 at, uh, at, the, at the Genesis in round two. But other than that, everything has kind of been 68 to 72. And it's put him in, in a really good place in a lot of these tournaments. Coming into this week, on four straight top twenties and stroke play events. Um, so it, it's been really steady play. The one thing that's missing for Ricky is exactly what he's going to need. If he, if he's going to win tomorrow. Uh, and that's a really low round. We haven't seen him go crazy. We haven't seen him shoot a, a 63 or something like that. Um, in a long time, he did shoot 63 at the Zozo earlier this year, but everything is there. It's just a matter of Ricky catching fire right now. So, you know, I, I like where he is. I don't think this is a great golf course for him. He's only made the cut in one prior attempt here. Um, but but if he could get on a on a heater early tomorrow, I, I don't think 10 under is too far back. Seven way log jam at 10 under par is Ricky Fowler where he's at. So not only uh, just a couple shots back, but a lot of names in the mix as well. Closer to the top of the leaderboard, our defending champion, Jordan Spieth has improved his uh, score every single day of this tournament. 68 on Thursday, 67 on Friday. You know where this is going. 66 on Saturday. Maybe he shoots a 65, Greg, on Sunday and gets another jacket. 
I think 65 would get it done for him tomorrow. You think so? 65 would be six under. That would get him to 18. Yeah, I think that gets the job done. Um, Matt, look, Matt Fitzpatrick can definitely challenge that. There are a number of players that could get to that mark. Um, this is a, a golf course that has been scorable. Uh, uh, but on Sunday, when you're near the when you're near the lead, it's it's really hard to go out and shoot 63. Uh, but that's what it might take tomorrow. So we're going to have to see him continue to make these birdies. But I don't know about you, Rick, but I felt like today was for Jordan, a really steady day. Um, yes. You know, it, it like, there was not nearly as much drama as we usually see. No, which is a, it's a really good sign. This is like a, this is a calm Jordan speed. Uh, and and I like that. Um, he's holding some nice putts. He hit a lot of greens today. He hit it pretty close to the hole. Um, I mean, he was eighth in proximity. He had 14 greens, which is which is pretty darn good. Um, so I, I really like what I'm seeing out of Jordan. That you know, the, it seems like the fatigue factor coming into this week was going to be a problem, and it it hasn't been. I, I'm not sure this is peak Jordan. But I'm not sure you need peak on this golf course. You, you need to keep the ball in front of you, like he said in his post-round interview with Amanda Renner. Um, and that's exactly what he's done. And it's kind of cool to see. So, I, I yeah, I, I like the steady round out of Jordan. Yeah, he'll be in the final group. Uh, they're going out in threesomes off of split tees because of some impending uh, weather in the forecast. So he will be in the final group with Matt Fitzpatrick and – with Patrick Cantlay, as we mentioned earlier, Spieth and Cantlay battled it out in a playoff last year with Spieth, obviously victorious here. Uh, Cantlay was a five under 66. It was bogey free. Greg, you and I were talking uh, before we went hot that since since Cantlay has gotten uh, his new clubs dialed in, he is doing special things in the long game right now. Yes. Um, now, today may be an, an exception, although I think if you watch the round – it wasn't maybe as as bad as some of the numbers look. Um, and some of those numbers I'm referring to are eight greens of regulation, uh, but he shoots 66. That's right. really special, right? That's a, that's a talented player. But, you know, the thing, as you mentioned, Rick, that long game has been absolutely on fire. Really, since what LA since the Genesis? Uh, yeah, since uh, yeah. So Riviera. So to start his, so he was a uh, an equipment free agent at the end of the year. Tournament of Champions, he finished middle of the pack. American Express, he finished T twenty six. But you expect much better from him there. He, <coughs> excuse me, missed the cut in Phoenix and then went on this run where his ball striking numbers are insane. Yeah, and and it's the putting that has been letting him down in that in that mark i mean he's been losing strokes nearly every week uh, on the greens and had a really tough time on the greens at the masters um i mean a really tough time he lost almost you know over three and a half shots on yeah. the greens last week um but at the same time it felt a lot worse because he hit it so well and so he was just leaving so many opportunities out there which was kind of you know frustrating if you're a can't lay fan but this week it seems like things really turned around after round one you know the the next two rounds he he gained strokes putting he's now gained 2.3 strokes putting for the week um and and he gained 2.6 strokes putting today which was fourth in the field so that's a really good sign because i don't have any issues with his with his ball striking i don't think it was really bad today i, I think you're just dealing with small greens and 
he wasn't quite sharp, but uh, but his short game was on point. Our final group for Sunday will be Fitzpatrick, Cantlay, Spieth. Our final group from Saturday, uh, not involved. These two did not play particularly well. Scotty Scheffler, uh, he did card a two under 69, Greg, which will technically gain strokes on the field. He'll pick up about three quarters of a stroke on the field. He beat the field average, but he did not have the moving day that he expected. And it was low lighted by an even par second nine and a another short missed putt this one coming on 17 and uh he ends up carding a bogey there on that par three so scotty is certainly still in it we know he's got the firepower but that was not the saturday he wanted no it wasn't uh and again the it's the putting green that's the problem again i mean yesterday he filled it up on the greens had uh, you know hold 109 feet of putts uh was, was third in the field and strokes game putting yesterday which was this huge welcome sign for Scotty Scheffler. We're saying, okay, if you're a Scotty fan this week, you're saying, hey, he's, uh, that's what we need. He's going to win now. Maybe, it, maybe the greens are a little flatter, a little softer, and all of a sudden you're going to see him catch fire. Well, today all that momentum was just wiped out the window. I think sometimes on those, especially on those shorter putts, Scotty gets a little too much hit in his stroke. Uh, and and he, it, it doesn't look as smooth. Doesn't look like he's rolling it to his spot and uh, and and letting the ball go into the hole. It looks like he's trying to jam it in there, uh, and he and he makes some bad strokes when he does that. So it, it looks like the tempo changes to me. Um, but all that being said, this is why he's number two in the world because he goes out and has a flat day, a- absolutely flat day, and shoots sixty nine, uh, and and that's what champions are made of that's why he's gonna he's still in the mix in this thing it's amazing how bad he can play and still put a score together i mean we we've said this countless times over the last you know handful of months but it it looks like he's leaving so many strokes out there and then he still wins he still finishes inside the top 10 he's still it's just it is i don't have another word to describe it it is just relentless is what it is yes And, and you think about how bad because you got a lot of Scotty last week at the Masters, obviously, and you should have. So we we saw a lot of his action, um, and I saw every hole that he played. He had that opportunity last week, yeah. which was nice. But this was a – it felt like a terrible tournament, and he finished his tied 10th. So it, it's just it, – it's really special to watch, uh, and he sits now three shots back and tied fourth in this thing. And, you know, that's a name that everybody, I mean, it's great. It's really fun to look at a Fitzpatrick, Cantlay and Spieth. I mean, that, that's a really fun top three, but Scotty Scheffler's sitting there and he, he presents a problem. Yeah, big problem lurking just a couple of shots back. Jimmy Walker was our overnight leader. It was a three-shot lead going into Saturday, and it was solid out of the gate, Greg. He goes out in two under. That's 34. He makes three bogeys on his inward nine to shoot a one over 72. And with the scoring averages, what they were on Saturday, there were only two golfers over par uh, for the day who are currently inside the top 30. One was Jimmy Walker. The other was Justin Rose. So you can't shoot in a 72. Um, a lot of days is going to have you dropping and going in the wrong direction, but especially this one where the scoring average was so, was so good. 
Yeah. And it, you know, you got guys chasing you, but at the same time, he's doing everything he needs to do. Right. I mean, he needed to have a Scotty Scheffler round where, Hey, I look, I played lights out the first two days, go out there and shoot two rounds of 65 to start this thing off. And all of a sudden a 69 looks really good on that board. Um, you know, a 69, if he plays the second nine and even par, he's tied for the lead right now. Uh, and you're, you're right where you want to be. And you've got your bad round out of the day. Unfortunately, you know, he hits it in the, hits it in the water at 15. I mean, this could have been, he, he, he had to hold like a 10 footer at, um, at what was 16 mm. during the walk and talk. So things got a little shaky for him, but look, it's understandable. He has not been in contention. I mean, he hasn't had a top 10 on the PGA tour since 2018. I think it was the Byron Nelson in, in 2018 dealt with Lyme disease, which is well-documented, well-documented on the broadcast today. Um, there have been plenty of struggles. And, you know, um, we did an interview with him a couple of years ago, and he dis- he talked about it and how much that had an effect on him on and off the golf course and how much, you know, brain fog he was dealing with and, and how, man- how what kind of mood swings he was dealing with. And things just weren't clear uh, and nothing was easy. But he's he's been back on the grind, working hard, and um, and and, he, and he's finally putting together some good scores. So today was disappointing for him, I'm sure, but uh, it's still nice to have him up here near the top of the leaderboard with with a legitimate chance to win tomorrow. Yeah, a real a real well legitimate. He's in the mix. He's in the mix. We'll talk. We'll look at the betting odds. We'll see what the odds makers have to think about Jimmy Walker's chances uh, to win tomorrow. But first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. And we're back. Uh, Greg, we'll check out those odds in a second, but just kind of zooming out a little bit and looking at this leaderboard. And we are getting another great uh, designated event with, you know, Fitzpatrick, Cantlay Spieth, well-documented, Tommy Fleetwood in the mix, Scotty Scheffler. And then you're getting these like young, like Taylor Moore has been phenomenal. Mark Hubbard is popping up. This is a really good uh, overall look for, I think, the tour, especially in an event like this, which can cause a little bit of chaos. I mean, the I mentioned there's seven guys alone at 10 under. They're all four shots back. This is a great little board. Yeah, and I think the golf course has a lot to do with this. You know, it's one, it's a unique test for the players on the PGA tour where it's just an extremely positional golf course. Uh, You gotta, you gotta find, you gotta work the ball off the tee a little bit um, to get into the ideal position. You got to play angles into greens. You got trees to deal with. You got, you have to hit it over trees sometimes, even when you've hit a really good shot. So it, it asks for some challenges that we don't typically see on the PGA tour. Uh, And then you add into that, the length, and the conditions and you know, those things allow it, it levels the playing field in a way where the advantages for a Rom and a Scheffler and a Rory week in and week out, those advantages are minimized. And, and now we go to some of the other skills in the game that become a little bit more important. Uh, and, and I think it, it kind of lets everybody play. It's a, it's a cool spot for a designated event because it's so unique. Yeah, I love it. Um, all right, let's fire up that odds board and see what we've got here. Our favorite, uh, no surprise, he's the man in the lead. He's our reigning U.S. Open champion is Matt Fitzpatrick. He's plus 220. Can't lay right behind, figuratively and literally, one shot plus 250. Jordan Spieth, two shots back. Our defending champion is 5-1 to one with Scotty Scheffler, three shots back at plus 750. Those are the big four. The odds makers are saying likely 
one of these four. Uh, if you wanted to go outside that box, Tommy Fleetwood is trying to get his first PGA Tour victory at 20 to 1. Taylor Moore uh, is, is in it again at 28. And then you could sprinkle on Xander or Hubbard or Ricky Fowler. And then Jimmy Walker, Greg, as I promised uh, to reveal his odds here, uh, 50 to 1 is what the odds makers have set him at. Hey, I, you know, that's not a not a terrible number for Jimmy Walker. Uh, three shots back, it's a, maybe a little bit of disrespect, but I do think it's understandable. Uh, when you look at the other names on this board, to envision Jimmy Walker coming out on top is really hard to envision. Um, and if it does happen and you have the courage, that's why you'll be paid nicely for it. Um, <laughs> but I, I probably wouldn't go that way. Um, I, I'm not afraid of going down into the 10 unders here. I mean, I'm looking at there's one name that is standing out to me. Uh, and it's really glaring. It would be Xander Shoffley. Um, Xander Shoffley second in the field in tee to green, second in the field in strokes gained approach has done nothing on the greens this week. Absolutely nothing. So if I'm looking at the model, so to speak, um, Xander Shoffley is the model. Matt Fitzpatrick fits the model too, uh, but he's at plus 220, where Matt Fitzpa uh, Xander Shoffley rather, is at 30 to 1. So I think he's the best number on the board um, four shots back heading into tomorrow. I think that's right. Somewhere between 28 and 30 to one. Um, listen, I don't think he's going to win, but just a hat tip to Taylor Moore, right? I mean, just continued, yeah. continued great play. I, I love that, what he's doing, and we'll continue to you know invest in him moving forward. I think you're right. The Xander stat profile is really good, and we have seen him go low. We've seen him go low to catch Gary Woodland. We've seen him get, you know, get hot at times. Um, that one's pretty interesting. The other one I get, you know, I don't love betting – Fitzpatrick at plus 220 or Patrick Cantlay at plus 250. I mean, Jordan Spieth, two shots off the lead as the defending champion for five to one feels pretty good. So yeah, uh, either Spieth or Xander, I think are probably the best values on the, on the slate. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Um, I absolutely, I really realistically, what I think is going to happen is the winner comes from that, that last group. You know, it feels yeah, they're gonna everybody. they're gonna have an opportunity to yeah keep everybody in front and look at each other in the eye and all that fun stuff. And they're three great players. I, I would I would tend to agree with that. But I mean, like, what does it take for somebody at ten, nine or ten under um, to go out there and win this thing? Take a sixty three. Like Sung J M leads the field in tee to green this week. Uh, shot five under today. Had a tough day yesterday. Um, he's at nine under, but he's hitting the ball really well. His short game has been great, but he's lost over three shots putting. Um, so again, he's another guy with a pretty good profile to me. Maybe too much of his stuff has been short game wise, but um, you know, if, if you're in that nine under group or that 10 under group, it's gotta be a 63. I would think. Yeah, I mean, there's a chance like 17 under could get you to a playoff, right? If Fitzpatrick shoots three under, which probably gains a stroke and a half or two strokes to the field, um, Cantlay shoots four under, Spieth shoots five under, That's that 17 might get you to a playoff. Very, very possible. Which I mean, if, and look, if Fitzpatrick doesn't have a great day, right? Th those numbers, I mean, for Jordan Spieth, five under is a great round. You know, there's no guarantee that that's going to happen. So right. if those guys have a slow 
you know, if they have a slow start for them to get to four or five under par is no easy task. And, and I think that really brings some of those other guys into play. So if it's 17, uh, then the 10 unders have to shoot, uh, a seven under 64, which I mean, listen, we saw that's out there. We've seen those. Yeah. We've seen those out there all week long, basically. So that's not inconceivable for, for one of the guys at 10 under to make a run. Yeah. So you're, you're probably right. I mean, 17, that's saying that nobody in the, none of the top three are going to go crazy. And so that means the nine under has got to shoot 63. So that's probably a stretch. So you're probably looking at 10 under 10 under and better is probably your, your cutoff would be my guess. I think that's right. Yeah. I think that's right. Okay. Well, we'll see. This time tomorrow, we'll uh, likely have a new champion at the RBC Heritage, and we will uh, see who it is and how that impacts the Ryder Cup and everything. All the ramifications that I'm sure are going to come out of uh, this, you know, this, the next 18 holes. Uh, but for now, big thanks to producer Josh. Does all the hard work behind the scenes. Greg Ducharme, available on Twitter at the Real GFD, and you can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been the first cut. We'll catch you next time.